Welcome to a whole new episode of Faith in the Everyday podcast. Welcome back to Radio Maria Australia. You're listening to the Good Morning Show and it's time for our Faith in the Everyday segment. And today we'll be journeying with a very special guest on the show on our series focusing on vocations. Um, in this series, we delve into you know diverse and inspiring vocations within our church, within our Catholic church. Over the course of this series, we'll be embarking on a spiritual journey, exploring the profound callings that shape the lives of individuals dedicated to their faith. From you know, sisters, nuns, to priests, to married couples, we'll be engaging in insightful conversations, shedding light on the unique parts that lead people to their vocation and the profound impact these callings have on their lives and, and the world around them. Join us as we celebrate the beauty of these vocations and seek to inspire others to discern their own unique parts within the church, within their faith journey. This, this series um, is your window into the rich tapestry of service, devotion, and, and love that defines the Catholic vocation experience. And today we have the one, the only, Sister Rosie Drum. Sister, how are you going, Sister? <laughs> yeah, I've never been described as the one and only, but it's true. I'm so, unique. <laughs> that is true. It's just you. It's just one, Sister Rosie. How are you going? <laughs> Yeah, I'm really well. Thank you. Beautiful. So I actually it's met exciting. Sister Rosie. Huh? Exciting to be here. Exciting. Yes. <laughs> I met you maybe six years ago. I'm not sure if you remember this, um, Sister Rosie. Um, I think it was in Sydney, one of the Jesus Youth Teens Retreat in 2017 or so. And we actually did music together. And it's just beautiful that I, I've been, you know, ever since I've had the great opportunity to minister with you and sing with you and and just worship with you and um every you know you were in Parramatta for a while and when I went back to Parramatta with Jim Bryan you know everyone was talking about you and Sister Rosie <laughs> and then wow like you know when I say all these things sister what comes to your mind like you know when you look back on all the all the great things you've done what is the one thing you're thinking about right now <laughs> oh wow um the main thing actually you all that you're saying is kind of reminding me of my recent World Youth Day experience where oh yes we went to, we had the Australian gathering and I don't know how many were there, but there was so many yeah. um, young people from all over Australia. I think they said about five or 6,000. 5,000, 6,000. Wow. <laughs> but I think I knew probably half of them. Ooh, like, wow. And that was pretty amazing. Mm. And I think it's um, it definitely World Youth Day was an experience of seeing people that I hadn't seen for the last 15 years but who recognized wow. me and one girl actually we were shoulder to shoulder in a really heavy world youth day crowd and i said to the girl next to me who was not part of my group so i didn't even know if she spoke english so we were shoulder to shoulder squashing this crowd waiting to get into the opening mass of world youth day week and i said oh can you see over that fence there and she turned to me and went sister rosie and i went yes and she went it's cassie 10 years ago, you were my youth minister. And I went, no way. Wow. <laughs> and I recognized her then, but I, she was 12 then. Now she's, she went, I'm 22 now. Here's my husband. And I went, what? <laughs> wow. So that sort of thing. I think it's the long reaching impact that we have in people's yes. lives that I didn't 
think yes. of when I was a 21-year-old discerning my vocation and felt called That's to be incredible. a sister. It reminds me of how, you know, I heard somewhere like people, you know, when the soil comes and sow seed, but usually they're not there to see them grow, but unless they mm. plant them and then later on they're like, whoa, <laughs> like... Mm. That's, that's beautiful. It, and God God sometimes encourages us by showing us the fruit that comes from the seeds. Yes. Of, and it's just seeds of our lives lived for mm. Jesus and for his people. Mm. Um, but occasionally he shows us the fruit of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we stick around for the decades <laughs> that it takes <laughs> wow. to see. That's yeah. incredible. Now, obviously, this <laughs> is like a like the most obvious statement. You're obviously Catholic. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Correct. But I, I would love to know when when did you um, discover that faith? I think you know. Have you have you always been you know someone who knew you had faith, and or was there a time where it sort of went from my mom's faith or my parents' faith or to you know to my faith or like how did faith become something you knew you had you know growing up? Mm. I grew up in a Catholic family where mass was an, on Sundays was a non-negotiable, whether we were on holidays, whether it was middle of harvest time, I'm off a farm, <laughs> whether it was shearing season, no matter what, we stopped and went to mass. In mm. fact, we stopped every Sunday and had a day of rest. Mm. Even if it was raining and about and dad needed to get the sheep into the shed, he was like, no, nope, God will sort it out. Wow. So. It was a, I've always had faith in the background then, but definitely it was, I would probably see it as quite black and white. Um, so I knew what was sin and what wasn't. I knew what was expected of me, knew the rules. Mm. Um, but in terms of a living relationship with God, I don't think I had, definitely not the fullness of it. I, did, I don't think I even had a concept of that until I was about 18 and went on a youth camp that I now helped to run. But I was 18 and yeah. we at the summer school of evangelization. Mm. And that experience, it's a week-long um, retreat for young adults primarily, yeah. usually like the school leaver age. I was perfect. I was right for the, the picking <laughs> of the conversion front. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a week-long journey into a deeper relationship with Jesus through the, the interaction of the Holy Spirit in our lives stirred up. Mm. So that did everything for me. So it felt like a bit of a non-event. Yeah. One of those wonderful charismatic retreats where everyone else is crying or falling down in the spirit mm. or um, laughing or praying in tongues and all these healings and miracles, everything going on around me. Yeah. And I felt pretty ripped off actually because none of that happened to me. But what did happen to me um so another one of those experiences of seeing the fruits later. Mm. So when I went home from that non-experience of like a, you know, a tangible encounter yeah. was that everything had changed. The mass came alive. I opened the scriptures for the first time voluntarily, opened the Bible and went, who slipped this story into the Bible? I've never heard this before. <laughs> um, that came alive. I had mm. this... Uh, desire to properly deal with sin and to get on top of yeah. what I just thought were habits that I'd never get over. Mm. I had this desire to break with. Um, I was hanging on every word of the priest's homily. And this is a priest who fell asleep in his own homily uh. in my home parish. <laughs> so it was um, everything. Mm. I can't even describe the difference wow. except I look at it as kind of like my parents had set 
a fireplace with the wood, the bark, the chips, the paper. Um, and my Catholic school upbringing was part of that as well and just a family heritage of faith. And then that experience, that retreat, was putting the match to it. Wow. And it's been burning strongly ever since. I love that. So, I love that yeah. analogy. <laughs> <laughs> wow at night that was 18 17 18 19 yeah, and 18, was that in yeah. melbourne or where sydney it was in barrel actually barrel. so like country new south wales yeah. yeah is that where you're from sister yeah i am well not barrel <laughs> but from near country yeah. new south wales definitely wow. yeah, yeah yeah grew up in a farm with the sheep and everything that's it <laughs> <laughs> and then when did um when did you decide to i guess discern or even think about being a sister, you know, in, in a sisterhood, like when did that come from, from that same place or was it later on? Yeah. No, it was about the same similar time, mm. more because I realized I'd stumbled on the greatest secret to life. Um, that whole experience was, it's a key to enjoying and making the most of life and also having a moral compass that mm. can guide you in every situation. So as a young adult, so when I was 18, 19, 20, I was thinking there are literally young people in my hometown and I was meeting more and more who were dying because they did not experience the love of God and they were looking for it in everything, in drinking, in drugs, in wow. relationships, in um, career. Mm. They were looking for something to hinge everything on and they were lost and they were literally, um, there's a high suicide rate in the country wow. and I was aware of that. And realizing I'd stumbled on the secret. So if I could help people to experience this love of God, it would change everything like it had for me. Yeah. So it was this strong missionary impulse from that mm. age of 18. Ended up doing a year with Net Ministries, where I voluntarily went into schools and yeah. helped young people encounter the Lord. Mm. Um, and then it, I felt this constant, I don't think that's enough. I think I meant to be a missionary with the whole of my wow. life. But then it was a... Is that as a married person? Is that do I have to find a husband that's as on board as me? Um, <laughs> I, I think it's possible. In fact, I met men like that that did net alongside me. Mm. I thought this is entirely possible. Mm. But is that what you want for me, Lord? Um, and it came to a time where I was having a prayer time. I felt like the Lord was saying, "Well, what do you want, Rose?" And I went, um, well, I want the experience of a proposal, actually. I would love to know what it feels like to have a guy on his knee in front of me saying, you're everything and let's do it, do this life together. Let's um, yeah, change the world for the Lord, but let's do it together. Um, and it, very soon after that prayer time, I experienced the Lord showing me Isaiah 62 verse 5, which says, as a young man takes a, bride, a virgin as his bride, so your God will marry you. And as a bridegroom delights in his bride, so your God delights in you. And I knew that, that was the Lord's proposal to me, that he's saying, pitch it all in with me, Rose, and we can change the world. We can change it one heart at a time. Mm -hmm. But I'm asking you, I'm on my knee in front of you. I really want you to be mine forever. Wow. So it was very personal, yeah, very mission-oriented, but very real and concrete because mm -hmm. I'd been up front with what I wanted yeah. and it gave it to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> gave it to you. wow yeah. and and I just before we move into into that I'm just reflecting on, again on that incredibly significant uh, significant event that happened um the summer school and just hearing you talk about how you know again there were no not dramatic but there were no very concrete experiences that you had but it doesn't mean that 
things didn't happen. You know, a lot of like mm-hmm. sometimes myself, I would even be at mass maybe or be at an event or a service and I just go, okay, I just attended. But I think here when you talk, you know, it sort of encourages me to go, listen, there's actually something happening in there. You may not see it now. Would you agree, mm-hmm. Sister Rosie? Like, you know. 100%. I hear it and see it all the time. Mm. Um, and even, as I'm saying, like the years down the road when you realise, um, yeah, as we say, the older you get, the more you see of yeah. where the Lord has been moving and, and with us in life. But particularly the more difficult, more desolate times are the times of the greatest growth when the Lord actually was doing powerful work mm-hmm. in us. Mm-hmm. And that that retreat week that I had, like I, I was saying nothing happened. Actually, something that I did feel was the extreme loneliness because all the other girls there my age already knew each other. They were all quite um, familiar with the spirituality. They were they were all fine with it, mm. and they were all having an, a wonderful time. Whereas I was feeling pretty. Um, it was a, a tough week, <laughs> even though it was wow. it was beautiful, but it was tough. And then I saw the fruits later. That if I because I'd persevered through the loneliness. Yeah. Um, the Lord showed me a whole depth of relationship that I may not have had if I felt you... really in my comfort zone. Yeah. So I, I feel like a whole part of our life is seeing the fruits after the event, and particularly the, yeah. the more dead times or the times when it feels like nothing has happened. Yeah. That allows room for the resurrection. Wow. Does that give you hope, sister? Like sometimes, like in moments of like it's just it's just dead silence or just. Yeah, it gives me hope, but also gives me the um, the confidence to encourage other people through the dead times, mm. um, because I've seen enough of of revival and of life coming after yes. a tough time yes. um, to be able to assure others that this too passes and yeah. could be the wonderful wonderful prelude to a really really good thing. Yeah. Again, sister, talking about um, how after that, you know, after that event, you went home and there was this desire and you had like a fire in you to to bring God's love and bring God's peace and message to, you know, those friends and those people around doing that place. Do you reckon that's something we are all, like we are all called to, regardless of how you do it, whether it's that near to, you know, being a, a sister or a priest, that w- every Christian is called to at least just spread that, you know, do you, do you, do you, do you agree with that? I think so. Um, I can only speak from my own experience. Well, I say that, but in the experience of my wider family, though, those of us that have had a similar experience of the faith fully coming alive Mm. haven't been able to keep it to ourselves so two of my brothers are priests they had a similar experience another of my brothers went to that same retreat as me and he is now he tried uh went entered to the seminary for about 18 months Mm -hmm. and then discerned his way back out yeah um got married now has six children and he's living in country New South Wales and running a men's Bible study where mm. he's just trying to draw people into the faith. So it's a, um, I don't think that, that it's possible to keep it to ourselves because it's it's like a justice issue. It's not fair that I can have stumbled onto something so beautiful and not pass it on. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, yeah it just would be wrong to keep <laughs> yeah. it to, to myself. And I yeah. think most 
people that get quite serious about their faith realize that too. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Um, how long have you been a non for? Um, nearly twenty years. Wow, yeah, I've been twenty years in February. Yeah. Wow. Um, tell us about what it what it feels like, or what what it looks like to be to, to live a sisterhood. Now you're actually part, I should say, you're part of the missionaries of God's love sisters. Um, and um, so myself was a missionaries of God's love brother, and I'm very close to a lot of the or some of the um, sisters as well. And um, I would love to know what is it like being a, a sister, Sister Rosa, in your community as well. Like, could you describe your your daily routine and the various roles you fulfill within your community, like in a daily basis, on a daily basis? Sure. Um, it's um, it's more than like living with housemates that you kind of get lumped with <laughs> because we're all um, from diverse backgrounds but all c- called to the same commitment. Yeah. So my experience of wanting to spread the love of God and draw people into an encounter with him through the power of the Holy Spirit is exactly what is inspiring the other women that I live with mm. to live this way of life. So that's our foundation, which makes life, a lot easier yeah, I <laughs> so on a daily <laughs> on a daily basis um where we begin prayer at about 6 or 6 30 depending on the day um have an hour of silent adoration together we pray the prayer of the church the mm. liturgy of the hours together mm-hmm. um so morning prayer evening prayer and then night prayer um we pray the rosary together we have a time of um charismatic praise and worship a time of yeah. intercession so we do a lot of prayer together. Different kinds of it's, prayers. Yeah. That's mm. it. We also go to Mass together, if possible, every day, but sometimes, depending on our schedule, yeah. we have to figure that one out. Um, yeah, so they're the sorts of things that we do together. And then, actually, we call the the three pillars of our life, so what holds our life up, um, prayer, our sisterhood, so our, our relationships in community, and our mission are the three parts of our life that have to be in, in right balance or it would topple over if one was a bit bigger mm. than the other. So, um, so yes, prayer is a third of our life. A third of our life is the way that we live community. So we intentionally try to um, be in relationship with each other mm. in a way that really supports and helps um, our personal growth, but also we're kind of like, the people that we can come back home to and Family. debrief and yeah, that's it. Yeah. Unload and and just breathe and be normal. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um and relax with. Um we also, you know, we have our times of conflict and of working things through and everything. We're all completely different people yeah. with different backgrounds. Yeah. Um so yeah, but it helps us stay really grounded as mm. as human beings. Yeah. And then the, our third one, yeah, is our, our missionary life. So here in um, the Melbourne house, we have um, one sister who's a chaplain to a juvenile detention centre, so prison for teenagers, basically. Mm, wow. Um, uh, we have an, another sister studying her theology degree at the moment. Um, got me that's, I call it freelance evangelizing. I don't know what else to, <laughs> to call it. Yes. It's just me being a missionary of God's love, basically. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and the fourth sister in the house is doing mm. pretty much that as well. Mm. Um, wow. And doing quite a lot of drawing people into using the gifts of the Holy Spirit yeah. and exploring that, that further. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, so our day has prayer. We try to eat together, um, mm. have an evening meal together. We're rostered on 
I noticed that the sisters kind of invite themselves out when I'm rostered on for uh, dinner for someone else's self. <laughs> no, they don't. It's all right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And mm. we we finish the the day in prayer together with eat night prayer and then go into silence. Yeah. Um. So, so that the Lord is the first person that we speak to in the morning and the last person we speak to at night. That's right. That's yeah. right. Dedication to your vocation often involves sacrifice. And I'm not sure if that's the right word, sacrifice. I'm not sure. But, you know, what are some of the personal sacrifices you reckon you've made in order to live out, you know, your, your vocation as a sister, you know? And how has this, you know, how have these sacrifices enriched your spiritual life? Yeah. the So, prayer is to the mission are our... Um, like the pillars of our life, but that kind of gets wrapped around by the vows that we make, mm. which is um, poverty, chastity, and obedience. So they're probably, it's kind of obvious, I guess, the sacrifice that's entailed <laughs> in no money, no sex, no power. Wow. <laughs> it, could be, it could look like that. Mm. But it's, a, um, it's more, I don't want to keep anything from the Lord. So I'm willingly giving my whole life over so mm. that I am radically available for him. So it means that no money can get in the way of that commitment and no intention to make money or mm. uh, to make my way up in the world get in the way of that, mm. that no specific um, exclusive or otherwise relationship can get in the way of my devotion to the Lord either. Yeah. In fact, in the same way that husband and wife would say, this is the love of my life, and then their children and point to them and say, this is the life of our love. In a similar way, I can look at the Lord and say, you are the love of my life. And every person that belongs to you, which is every child in the yeah. world, every yeah. person is the life of our love. That that's where my um, sacrifice mm. of not having my own exclusive relationships um, pays off. Yeah. That I'm able to then pour out love in a way that, is um, mm. I'm radically available to yeah. each person that comes in front of me. Yeah. And also that no will or plan or um, desire of my own um, can come in the way of what the Lord wants me to do with my life. Yeah. So that's where the vow of obedience comes in. Yeah. So it's a, there's, there are sacrifices entailed in that. It's, it can be really hard at different times, mm. but it's also incredibly freeing. It's a mm. wonderful and joyful way to live life. Yeah. If you're called to it, mm. which mm. I am, but it took me the full um, seven or eight years of the discernment journey before my final vows to be sure of that. And wow. the church, in her wisdom, makes sure it's a long time so yeah. that you can test it. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Community, you mentioned obviously, is very, it's a very big part, big part of your your sisterhood. Um, it's a cornerstone in a way of religious life, you know. Um, how do you foster a sense of sisterhood? You know, do you guys play sports? Do you guys watch TV? Or, you know, I remember when I was a brother in the seminary, I was at one of my friend's house and the the mom, you know, actually, so I was playing video games. I was playing FIFA. I was playing PS4 or whatever with my friend's brother. And their mom was like whispering to them like, do brothers play video games? Like, you know, what is he doing? Like, is he meant to play video games? And I was like, um, yes, we are human beings. We play video games. But um, like, you know, how do you have fun? You know, how do you foster that, that sense of sisterhood within your religious community, Sister Rosie? Um, 
Uh, we don't have a TV, but we do have like laptops. That's how I'm recording this interview with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we do have, um, yeah, technology that we use. And sometimes so we'll watch a movie together on a sisterhood night. Even that can build sisterhood. Figuring out how to find a movie that everyone actually is going to like and enjoy <laughs> is quite hard. <laughs> um, we play lots of like board games, card games, mm. um, things like that. We try to head out on little outings together. So um, there's lots to see around Melbourne and um, yeah. particularly the surrounding regions. So going out on bushwalks and things like that. Um, but that depends on kind of the health or the mobility of a sisterhood as yeah. well. So it kind of just depends on who you're living with. Um, what else? A lot of it is sharing our life. So telling little stories about what's happened throughout the day and, mm. and taking interest in what's happened in someone's life um, does wonders. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. But I think that would be the same between a husband and a yes. wife. If you're not paying attention to what's really going on in their life, then intimacy kind of goes out the window, right? That's right. So, yeah. um, so we kind of intentionally try to listen and, and really connect with what's going on in each other's lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, Disclaimer though, I'm not very good at video games. I just, it's never been my, my forte, but I'm very good at sports. Yes. So I've got six brothers who grew up playing cricket, football, tennis, netball, not with my brothers. Wow. But, you know. um, yeah, so yeah. sport is fine, but yeah. when it comes to video games, I'm just, it's never been my thing. <laughs> oh, good. No. And of course, again, you talked about um, service, you know, mission is a massive part of of your, of your sisterhood, of your, of your life, you know, how do you determine the areas where your service is needed the most? Like, again, for you, you, you play at different events, you're a musician, you give talks. Actually, the first time I heard you talk was at a DOJ um, prayer meeting, and I heard you talk about, I think, it's about the transfiguration of our Lord. And I thought, wow, that was just incredible just hearing you talk, you know, and, you know, you do all the things, all the nuns do all the things as well. Sister Therese and um, Sister Judy, I think, were on TV at some point and it was just beautiful to see. How do you determine um, where your service is needed, you know, individually, collectively, you know, how do you discern how do you determine the areas where your, your service, you know, is needed the most? Wow, that is the million-dollar question. And that's why I've taken a vow of poverty because I haven't ever figured out how to get that million dollars <laughs> because discerning is really, really hard. And yeah. it takes a long time to kind of – and a lot of guessing to figure out what we're meant to do. Having said that, we try very hard to go with each sister's particular gifts and talents. Mm. Um, having as many gifts and talents as mine means that I'm busy all the time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> there's only um, there's only a few of us that are um, are available to go. It, um, yeah, there's a few of us that have jobs that um, mm. kind of keep us in a place, one one location. Then there are a few of us that are, are like ably able to easily be mobilized yeah. um, and head out on different missions and conferences or retreats and um, those of us there's a few of us that can play musical instruments mm. and sing and lead worship so mm. we tend to end preach so kind of be a package deal that can go places but it's being really careful not to overdo that you know how i was saying the 
the three pillars of prayer, yeah. of sisterhood and of mission, it'd be very easy for me to overbalance by propping away, putting too much emphasis on the mission one so that That's right. my relationship with the Lord suffers because I'm not taking the time for him or my relationship with the sisters wow. goes out the window. Yeah. So we try very hard to keep a good balance of that. Yeah. Um, and the Lord himself said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Okay. He didn't say, so therefore just work day and night. <laughs> he said, pray hard that more laborers will come in and help with the harvest. So that's that's our approach, that we try to do what we're, we're called to and try to answer what requests we can, but we don't kill ourselves. Um, mm. Well, come close, but we don't <laughs> completely <laughs> wipe yes. ourselves out. Yes. Um, or, or rather wipe out the really good things also in our lives because mm. we're given too much attention to one yeah. area. Yeah. Um, but, but it is. It's very, very hard to figure out, is this one coming from the Lord or is this one that's just... Right because no one else has put their hand up or yeah. is it just boosting my ego because mm. another person's asked me to do something pretty cool or yeah. So it's, it's constantly taking it to prayer and, and yeah. working. And do you through. discern with a, a superior or as a, as a yeah, sisterhood? That's or, right. Yeah. Yeah. Both. Yeah. So Both, yeah. kind of, we're kind of, a, we tend to live in fairly small sisterhoods. Well, mm. it depends. Um, but I'm in one with just four of us. So how often I'm away affects the whole household That's dynamics, right. even mm. things like chores and who's mm. going to cook do what. Or, yeah. <laughs> or if a few of us are away at the time, suddenly there's only two sisters left. And um, yeah, so it can be hard to try to balance that out. Sometimes yeah. we're a bit bigger sisterhood of, of between eight to 10 or something, and then mm. it's a bit easier to come and go. Yeah. Um, so we talk, yes, definitely through with a superior. So each house has a household leader. Yeah. Um, kind of helps us to put checks and balances in our lives. Mm. Once we're in final vows, a lot more comes back to ourselves to make That's the decision right. that yeah. we do talk it all through. Mm. Um, and the yeah, and then the wider household as well. Yeah. Final question, Sister Rosie. What message of faith, you know, and hope would you like to convey to our listeners who may be seeking purpose or considering a, a religious vocation? Like, you know, how do they go about figuring out God's will for their lives? I think the main one is to answer that question that Jesus asked Simon Peter of, who do you say I am? Mm. So once we get right and clear in our hearts and our minds about who Jesus is, everything else starts to fall into place. So if he really is the son of God and really is intent on having a personal and real relationship with us, then he's worth trusting and therefore it's worth then um, entering into a lifelong relationship with him of prayer where he then keeps on showing us the next step, the That's next right. step. Mm. So, um, so asking that question, who do I say that Jesus is? Yeah. And then also asking him that, who, do, Lord, do you say that I am? Wow, beautiful. And I know you, you, your sisterhood hosts a couple um, vocations weekend sometimes, and you reckon it's also a good, maybe a good part as well in discerning if you want to, you know, if you Yeah, thinking, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, we had just had a sisterhood weekend um we call them consecrated life weekends where we mm. kind of open up what the week, our life looks like and how each of us discerned what the Lord asked us to do with our lives. Yeah. Um, and 
we have them about three times a year, in the, so one in each of our houses. Yeah. And, yeah, they're powerful. Yeah. Powerful for whether you feel called or not. It's mm. powerful to open your life up to what the Lord might be yes. asking you to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I found um, totally recommend that. And I'd also recommend people have um, a spiritual director or at least someone, a mentor or someone that they you can open up mm. your life to. Um, and kind of a sounding board for what you think the Lord's saying. Yeah. Final question, Sister Rosa. I know I said final question before, but (laughs) I would love to know, (laughs) what is Sister Rosa's drama's favorite movie, favorite worship song, and favorite TV show? Gosh. (laughs) Okay, favorite worship song is the easiest one of that, and that's Run to the Father. Yes. Um, I think it's... It's so powerful. Yeah. I love it. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. I love playing it. I love listening to it. Yeah. Mm. Good one. Um, favorite movie? Probably, I don't know, but Strictly Ballroom would be up there. Sure. You ever Ooh. seen that? <laughs> no, I've not seen that. We're going to say that. Ah, okay. <laughs> very Australian. Pretty funny in places. Yeah. Um, beautiful dancing in it. Lovely under underdogs win the day kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be up there with my favourite movies. Yes. Um, and what was the other one? Favourite TV show or series. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, well, growing up, yeah. one of my favourites was McLeod's Daughters because it was set on, like, rural farming oh, property. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I've yeah. watched it now again as an adult and went, oh, my gosh, they're really bad storylines. <laughs> <laughs> the horses and everything is still really beautiful, but, yes. Uh, no. <laughs> so it didn't age well. <laughs> um, but, yes, that's what was one of my favourite TV shows back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Sister Rosa. I really appreciate you taking time to calm down. I, I should say um, I, re- I truly do appreciate you actually responding and comment because I know how busy um you know you are and your sisters are and and so i want to say thank you again for coming honestly appreciate it no worries at all (laughs) thank you talk to you soon (laughs) thanks okay bye bye thanks a lot guys for listening to the faith in the everyday podcast just remember that the interviews on this podcast originally air on the good morning show on radio maria australia every weekday at 8 a.m Check us out. God bless.